Hello and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast, where I help you hack your personal brand for visibility and authority. I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I am going to be talking about the power of CEO branding. CEO branding is now more effective than regular company branding for driving sales, driving customer acquisition, leads, generation, all of that sort of stuff. We see this over and over again. Why is that? It's because of the H2H factor. What does that mean? Human to human. So people want to connect with other human beings. It's as simple as that, right? So people want, people want to connect with people, not this faceless entity, not this faceless business that has just, you just think of old branding and marketing, the way it used to be the stodgy way of doing things. And, and you would have fake actors and, and people like that to, to come up with testimonials or to create commercials. But now people want to actually connect with a person. If you think about influencer marketing, all that sort of stuff is because when you have someone you trust, whether it's an influencer or your friend or whoever it might be, that referral means more to somebody than just a, you know, a cheesy little ad with a song or whatever it might be. That is where the CEO can come in. Consumers are more interested in buying from an actual person they know. 70% of people that were surveyed want to do business with companies that align with their values. So show what you stand for and what drives your business. That is the real power of having the CEO do this for the business because it's going to connect with people. You could really show what you stand for. You can really show because you're a person. So you can have that human to human connection, right? Um, so that is the best way to do it. The face of the business. And instead of having like a spokesperson who's just, you know, super cheesy and whatever and super slick, um, it's going to be the CEO. And that is the best person to really showcase those values. It's going to be the CEO because you are so close to those values. You know exactly what they are. Um, so one of the key things to remember is that CEO branding is not just for medium and large corporations. It can work for small businesses, coaches, startups, really any type of business. Even if you're a solopreneur, it can work for you. It is going to be so important because again, you know your values better than anyone else. You know your company's values. You know what you stand for better than anybody else. So there's nobody better positioned to be able to showcase these values, to be able to let people know what your business stands for than you, than the CEO. It can just, again, it can work with any type of business, but you have to remember not to sell. So I'm going to give you an example. So we had this client and he had a very niche B2B market. So business to business market and his ideal audience, the people that he was trying to really reach were in the C-suite of these businesses. They were constantly being sold to being marketed to like that was the, everyone's job was to get business from these businesses. So how are you going to reach somebody that's constantly being sold to? Are you going to sell to them? Probably going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. So his 
uh, marketing team reach out to us and they're like, you know what? I really think having CEO branding can really help our whole marketing effort be more effective. Well, while the marketing team completely understood the goals, he was like, yeah, 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 whatever. I want leads. I need business. Even though he would say like, oh, my business is doing just fine. You know, sometimes, you know, when people are constantly doing that, you're just like, mm, maybe it's actually not doing just fine because you're, you seem so desperate for leads. While I do believe that, you know, your personal brand should have an ROI, constantly leading with that, it smacks of desperation. I always go back to thinking about online dating or dating in general, right? If you have that person that is so desperate to get married and have kids or whatever it might be, it's really very repelling for people. Like a lot of people aren't going to be like, wow, this person's so attractive. They're just going to be like, wow, I don't know. I, you are you are unattractive to me because you're so desperate for whatever it is. I'm desperate for a job. I'm desperate for whatever you're desperate for. That desperation is not going to attract your ideal, whatever it is, opportunity, audience, job, anything, because it has desperation. So desperation will not convert someone to be, to know, like, and trust you. They're not going to convert those. You're not going to convert those people into someone to date you of someone to work with you. Like it's just not going to happen. So this client was always so focused on leads and sales that he would basically go through the motion of, of creating videos and creating content. And he would always end and always do things and, and, and end with that sale. And we're like, no, you have to, I have an 80, 20 rule. If you've heard me before, you've got to give 80% of the time or more and only ask for something 20% of the time to really build that no like and trust factor. Yeah, we ended up parting ways because of our absolutely disparate views on getting his CEO branding up and running, but that is gonna be key. You can't sell. Literally the best way, I mean, giving people an opportunity to join your mailing list, to subscribe to you a channel or podcast, or uh, I, you know, I have a masterclass, telling people that they can get those things that's something helpful, and I don't necessarily think that that's, that is a bad thing, but it is a sales tool, if you will. It is something that will get their email address or whatever it is, and it is an ask. So really just leave those asks to 20% of the time. So I think those are perfectly fine things to do, but those that's one of the biggest, biggest things. So I'm going to also give you my six key tips to remember So. Please stick with me. Um, all right. So one of the biggest things is you are, as a CEO, you need to demonstrate your expertise and your knowledge about issues, um, solutions, and in your target market. So for this particular person in the B2B market um, that was extremely niche, the goal of it was, okay, these are the questions. These are the things that someone that wants to buy your software, because it's software as a service, um, this is what they are asking. This is, you know, what people want to know. Um, we often ask them to say, hey, what are, what are common things that are going on in conversations when you're talking with uh, potentials? And we'll answer those questions. And you essentially want to show up when someone's actively searching for an answer for something. Um, when they want to look for your software, your service, your product, whatever it is, what questions are they actively searching for? And that's when you want to organically show up because that is going to get someone to trust you. That is going to get someone to say, oh, this is an expert. They know what they're talking about. This business isn't selling me. 
Now, another thing is there are a lot of businesses where we actually, I literally just got off of a, of a call with one of our clients who they are in the kind of a VC-ish world. And if you really think about if like a VC was selling to potential startups, how kind of sleazy that would feel, right? I mean, I'm saying that they do do it. I've been in the, in the kind of this space for a while, worked with a lot of VC people and a lot of startups and it's sleazy. The top ones, um, and especially the clients that we work with, they do not sell. And there are a lot of businesses that, that they can't sell because if they sell, they buy ads, PPC ads, things like that. It just is sleazy. There are other ways to, I can't think of another word besides sleazy. I've said it like 80 times, <laughs> but there are other ways to get around it, whether it's, you know, giving away uh, content or something like that in order to drive leads, but you ultimately getting just kind of going, going in for the kill, you know, with through ads, it's just not going to work. The best way to do it is through omni-channel personal branding, CEO branding, because you need to demonstrate your expertise. This particular group that we work with, they, um, have a great subject matter expertise and, and how, and who they decide to work with and how they help their businesses and things like that. So there's many ways that you can kind of story tell through your CEO branding to let a potential customer or a partner that you're going to work with, to let them know why they should work with you. The storytelling is going to be so key. So um, I, in my LinkedIn, I'm actually connected to a lot of CEOs and um, I belong to, a, I connect, connected to this one CEO of a, a a, you know, major U.S. company, and I'm not going to say which one it was because he might be too, might be able to figure out who it is. But he talked about being um, listed in Forbes best places to work, and he was just like, you know, isn't this great? My business was listed as this. I call these yay me posts. So he basically just posted a yay me post, like my business is great. I'm very proud of them. Done. He missed an opportunity to tell a story. A story of an employee that he works with, um, a discussion he had with an employee, someone he hired on, like what it means to him and, and how it impacts people he works with to have a great, a great workplace and for it to be identified by Forbes, what an honor that must be. So he missed a storytelling opportunity. So Storytelling is going to be one of the key factors to CEO branding because you can utilize, you know, testimonials, uh, use cases, so many things. I often will use actual conversations like I just talked about um, and, and, and situations that I've been in to bring to this, you know, to my powerful personal brand podcast because it's powerful because when, you know, I have this experience or my customers or my clients have this experience, there are many people that more than likely share the exact same feeling, experience, um, whatever it might be. And that's why storytelling is so, so important. Another thing, while ads may not work for some businesses, maybe for other businesses, they do work. But here's another thing is that many of us now are so inured to seeing, I mean, 
you know, think about if you scroll through Facebook or Instagram, you know exactly. Like sometimes I'm going through, I'm just like, who's this person? Like I'm thinking about Instagram and I'm like, I look and it sees promoted. I'm like, oh, keep going. So we're a nerd to it. It's very expensive with all the iOS updates and all of the privacy things. It's so much harder to get in front of your target audience in a really authentic way, a really great way to connect with somebody. So the ads just won't do it. And if someone bounces off that ad and they actually do search on you or your business, what are they going to find? So that's why the branding and that really that human connection is going to be so important when they're doing that deep dive or when they're going and actively searching for a product or service that you provide. Here are my six key things to remember. Probably should write them down because they're going to be good for you. All right. You're going to want to define your goals. What if you, you can't do anything in marketing unless you know what you want to get out of it because then you could actually tailor things to come up with that outcome. Greater industry recognition, speaking engagements, more business, deal flow. Like what is the actual goal of it? Because that is going to tell you a lot who your audience is, what type of content you should create, all of that sort of stuff. So know your goals first. Then number two, who is your ideal audience? Who do you want to talk to? Whether those are people that um, in your industry, whether those people, uh, you know, that are running the TEDx talk in your area, whatever it might be, know who you're talking to and know the content that you're creating, know who you want to kind of have in your kind of sphere of recognition. So then you're going to want to know, because this is why it's important. You're going to not want to know where they are hanging out, what social media platforms they use, what other kinds of platforms they use. Obviously in the VC um, and investing space, crunch space is important. So you need to know where they're hanging out because that's where you need to be. You need to have a presence on those platforms. So um, you're not going to be wanting to create TikTok videos if you're going after, you know, uh, a, a business in the aerospace industry. Probably not ideal. So really need to know where your target audience is and make sure that you're there. The number three is practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. So you are not going to be perfect at the very beginning when you're doing this. You will get better, um, especially if you're creating videos or reels or a podcast. You know, one of the things is that sometimes people will look at I mean, they're like, well, you're, you're really quite comfortable in front of the camera and doing all this kind of stuff. But I'm a former actress. I've done this for a long time too. Um, I've had this YouTube channel for a while. So practice makes perfect. And that is one of the biggest things that you need to remember when you're starting out. You probably, if you've never really looked at yourself on camera, you don't know the idiosyncrasies. I talk with my hands all the time. If you don't know that kind of stuff about yourself, you could be maybe embarrassed by it. You're like, oh, I hate it when I do that. I hate when I make that face. I hate when I say this word. I hate that I say um too much. Those are all things that you can fix, but you need to at least start somewhere. And the beauty of it is when you first start, a lot of times it's not like you have this huge audience yet, right? So you can make your make your mistakes early on because when you when you get down the road it won't matter as much because you're not you're not going to be making those mistakes all right number three so it's the same kind of thing but you won't be you're not going to be perfect so practice makes perfect and you're not going to be perfect don't go for perfection um you know i sh i did this podcast i'm just going to do it once and we can cut pieces out of it that don't work things like that but 
Don't constantly second guess yourself. Don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. Like, oh, I don't know who my ideal client is. Maybe it's this. Oh, I'm so stuck on my brand statement. I can't move forward. I had a client that did that again. We had to part ways because he was crazy with his fixation on the brand statement where I'm like, no, we've figured out this content. You just need to create content and we could tweak the brand statement as time goes on. Don't get fixated on one thing because one word or one, you know, a series of words, the perfect way that it's stated, it's really not going to make or break a client, a partnership. It's not going to make or break you. Okay. So don't get stuck. You're not going to be perfect and it's okay. It's okay. All right. Then, um, and the number five is personal branding is not for you. If you've noticed all along um, this episode, I have never once mentioned create content that you want, create things for you. Make sure that you look perfect. Make sure that it's all for you. It's not for you. Your personal brand, the content you're going to create, anything that you put on your social media is for other people. If you are posting a photo of your dog, share a story about it, share a learned experience, make sure that someone gets something out of it, whatever it might be, uh, ask a question, but don't make it for you. Hey, this is my cute dog. Isn't he cute? That you won't get a lot of comments, but if you say, Hey, here's my dog. And, um, you know, I rescued my dog and he's absolutely crazy. And you know, it's national puppy day. Do you have a dog in your life? And someone will say, yes, I've got an X, Y, and Z. So you can have something that seems kind of trivial and silly, photo of your dog maybe, but you can turn it around to connect with people, to build that community, to build that know, like, and trust, and that real human factor because we have animals, we have pets, and that's a really simple way to connect with people. So it's not for you, it's for someone else, your ideal audience, and you're creating content to connect with them. Number six, what sort of content should you create? You need to answer your ideal client's burning questions. For me specifically, I talk about why CEO branding is important. I talk about how to create content. I mean, this is what people are actively asking for, how to create a personal brand statement. What are some personal brand statement examples? So know what people are actively asking for. I work with some real estate agents, so I know people want to know, um, you know, they're going to want to know how do I stage my home? What should I look for in a real estate agent? Like there's so many things that you could actively, even though you, it may seem like a conflict of interest, right? You saying what you should look for in a real estate agent, you should just be like, just me, but you can't do that. So you create content that really gives them great information. If you were looking for a real estate agent and you weren't going to hire yourself, what questions would you ask this person? And that's what you need to, you know, think about how you would lay that out very objectively. And that is how people are going to go like, wow, this is a really great person. I should work with them. I really like those answers. Or at least they'll interview you to be a possible person to work with. So really think about those six things. So uh, six things, define your goals. Number one, number two, who's your ideal audience and where can you find them? Number three, practice makes perfect. Number four, you won't be perfect, so don't strive for per perfection. Number five, personal branding is not for you. And number six, 
know what type of content that you should share online. And the best way to do that is know what your ideal audience is actually asking for. What type of content do they want to know when they want to work with someone like you, or they want to hire uh, someone like you or buy a product like yours. So those are going to be so, so key. So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast. I am your host, Claire Bond, and I will see you next time. Bye.